Welcome foodies, farmers, and sustainable food revolutionaries. This is On Pasture. The podcast brought to you by Miku Farms that's all about bringing farming back to nature, food to table movements, and sustainable farming. I'm your host, Danny. Welcome to another episode of On Pasture. Today on the podcast, we're welcoming Dr. John Dempster the highly sought-after naturopathic doctor practicing in Toronto and founder of the Dempster Clinic, Center for Functional Medicine. His practice bridges the gap between natural medicine and Western medicine. So, starting off the podcast as we always do, Dr. Dempster, what is in your pantry? So what I have in my pantry is is something that might not surprise many of you. I have, uh, first of all, if you were to open my freezer, you would see a lot of grass-fed beef coming from Niku Farms and uh, lots of uh, pasture-raised chicken and uh, and, and other meats in our uh, freezer. We've got tons of organic vegetables and fruits because we are a big smoothie family. We love to make smoothies. I have two young children, uh, two and a half and one years old, that gobble this up as part of their breakfast every day. So... We've got all sorts of hemp hearts in our pantry as well and coconut uh, products and uh, we have fun with it. And, uh, and you also find if you were to open our fridge, you would find lots of uh, cold pressed juices. Many of you have heard about naturopathic medicine, but you may not have heard of functional medicine. So I founded my clinic uh, about 12 years ago. Uh, based on my passion with functional medicine. A lot of people ask me, what is functional medicine? This is a natural extension of naturopathic medicine, which is really about helping people get to the root of their issues using natural means. But what I love about functional medicine and why I did a fellowship in it is because it now allows us to bridge the technology and the science, the cutting edge science out there by using some very state-of-the-art lab tests. And this helps us gather data to uh, really customize a program to each and every individual that comes into our clinic. Functional medicine leverages the technology in testing, specifically lab testing, to give more data about each individual. Rather than try and recommend a blanket treatment to all patients with X digestive disorder, functional medicine would use lab testing and other data on an individual to customize a natural remedy for each and every single person, according to their current biological makeup and features. Naturopathic and functional medicine is, is really, they're sharing similar philosophies, but the difference is, is that we're now uh, imploring state-of-the-art lab tests to help us navigate the waters of each and every individual. I could have five people that come in here with psoriasis or with ulcerative colitis, and they could walk out of here with five very different treatment plans based on what we find and as we start to do the, the detailed digging and uh, you know, get under the hood, so to speak, we may find that each and every individual has very different triggers for their condition. And there are current tests available right now that are DNA stool tests that allow us to understand what's going on with bacterial levels, good and bad, what's going on with yeast uh, and fungus, what's going on with parasites, whether they're protozoans or worms, even viruses we can start to detect now. We can also start to look and see if there's any inflammatory markers that are beginning or already advanced that we can get a a hold on very quickly before it becomes a real problem. And as I mentioned earlier, inflammation is really the the root of a lot of this autoimmune um, illness that we're seeing right now and beyond. A lot of the chronic degenerative conditions out there, it all comes back to inflammation. And so we can actually measure a marker in in our blood or our stool now called zonulin, which is a very specific marker that can tell us if we have leaky gut which is a word we hear a lot about in a lot of these uh, webinars and blog posts and so forth. But not everybody has leaky gut who thinks they have leaky gut. So therefore, it's important to, to make sure that we test and that we don't guess. 
you do treat that individual and not just treat the condition or the symptoms. But naturopathic medicine and functional medicine are not like traditional Western medicine where it's only there for you when you're sick. Many individuals seek out Dr. Dempster to maintain a healthy life. Somebody that would you know, generally be quite healthy that really just wants to be proactive with their health. They want to be advocates for their own health. They want to understand where their blind spots might be and they want to make sure that they're doing whatever they can to help them continue living a very productive and healthy life and you know, basically look and feel their absolute best. However, a lot of autoimmune diseases benefit from naturopathic and functional medicine because so many factors contribute to autoimmune issues that a tailored treatment plan is many times the best course of action, something that naturopathic and functional medicine really specializes in. It's not just about treating symptoms and suppressing the disease, but it's getting to the root of the issue. We see a lot of autoimmune disease, and this is a massive issue right now. Um, really, if you took all the different types of autoimmune conditions, it's well over 200. And if you added up the number of people who are dealing with autoimmunity, it actually would completely surpass the amount of cancer and heart disease combined that's out there right now. So it's a big, big problem. And often there's not a lot of therapies and, and treatments for it other than suppressive therapies, which merely just treat the symptoms. So we really are passionate about helping our patients get to the root of their issues and really start to figure out why and how uh, they've you know, come, come down with some symptoms linked to autoimmunity and what they can do to uh, not only slow the progression of that, but in many cases they can actually reverse the symptoms. So it's, it's a very powerful uh, tool when, uh, when we start to treat that individual as opposed to the label. And it does seem like autoimmune diseases are on the rise because it's something that is really influenced by the world around us. Stress, changes in the food we eat today, environmental contaminants, and the like. Autoimmune disease is not new. It's been around, and a lot of these conditions have been around for a long time. But what we're seeing is a complete surge of, of these conditions due to a lot of, or basically it's a product of our environment, what we're eating, our stress levels, toxin exposure. And these things we're seeing are on the rise. You know, as you know, in the food industry, this is something that, you know, 100 years ago, we didn't have to worry about a lot of the chemicals that we're seeing in food today. We didn't have to worry about GMOs that we're seeing in foods today. This is a real problem with virtually every time we put a fork or a spoon in our mouth right now. We have to always kind of look and understand a lot more than, than we really are doing. Now, food isn't the only issue that's causing autoimmunity. There's a lot to do with chronic stress and chronic environmental toxins, um, a lot to do with gut issues, and, uh, you know, the list goes on and on. Related to autoimmune, functional medicine is frequently sought out by those with chronic digestive issues. And that could be anything from irritable bowel syndrome to Crohn's and colitis. There's all sorts of different things in between from you know constipation and diarrhea and gas and bloating to uh, some very advanced uh, digestive conditions. So that's another big passion of, of, of mine and why I created something called the Healthy Gut Institute which is an online program to help people who can't come in to see us uh, treat themselves from far. But uh, we work one-on-one -on -one with, with patients every day with chronic gut issues as well. With autoimmune issues, the latest research is supporting the impact of food that causes inflammation, including gluten, GMO foods, and processed foods. So there are some general themes that we see with a lot of our autoimmune patients. And I've been very fortunate to work with some of the top research docs in the world in autoimmunity. And one of them is by the name of Dr. Alessio Fasano, and he does a lot of work out of Boston. And, uh, and I got to see him speak at Harvard, and he spoke 
tremendous volumes about the impact that gluten is playing today. And this is not a new topic for many to hear, but the research is there and it supports this. And this is not to support any fad gluten-free diet because there's problems with those as well. The point is, is that we have to understand that from an autoimmune perspective, it's an inflammation situation. We're literally dealing with a fire that's out of control inside of our body. And so anything that can promote that fire and add fuel to that is something that we need to look at. And, and gluten is something that's really being uh, researched uh, with with links to different types of autoimmunity, whether that's Hashimoto's thyroiditis, whether that's ulcerative colitis, psoriasis, rheumatoid arthritis, the list goes on and on and on. There are lots of links coming back to that. And the other thing, as, as we uh, have alluded to earlier, the, the fact that the toxic burden is so high these days. Now, granted, we're getting better and better with, you know, the organic food movement, and uh, I think which is tremendous. But, uh, you know, there's still a lot of processed foods, a lot of GMO foods on the market. We're just learning now the impact of what GMO foods are doing. And it's, it's really alarming what we see what happens to lab animals. Well... We're the next lab animal right now, and the, and the litmus test is is still on, and, and and we're seeing some alarming trends right now with with GMO foods. From a naturopathic doctor's perspective, with so much experience for those with autoimmune issues, or simply those wanting to continue with a healthier lifestyle, here's some advice Dr. Dempster has in choosing what you put in your body. Step one: avoid GMOs and lean towards organic vegetables and fruits to avoid pesticides. There are definitely some key things to think about when you go shopping and when you are buying food for yourself and for your family. Uh, we've talked a lot about genetically modified foods so far. This is definitely something to avoid at all costs. And one way of doing that is to use certified organic labels. Now, the other benefit of eating organic is you're going to obviously reduce the impact of a lot of these chemicals such as pesticides, herbicides, fungicides etc that are again quite ubiquitous right now and uh, you know one chemical in particular that's been sprayed on a lot of crops is called roundup and uh, we've heard a lot about this and, uh, and it's interesting that the amount of roundup right now is now actually in our atmosphere it's quite scary it's not just on the foods it's in our water table and it's being found elsewhere so we really we need to vote with our wallets right now if you don't buy these foods the companies aren't going to produce those those chemical foods and they're going to look for other means to get food in front of you to make a profit and, and so it's hopeful uh, for me to see people when they are buying organic that that is going to make a positive impact and, and a huge change on not only our generation but many generations to come step two avoid processed foods so when people do make that shift to cutting down a lot of the toxins that can go in so again avoiding processed foods is a very easy way to begin this here it doesn't have to be about going out and shopping at organic markets right away but you know just stopping the fast food we see a huge transition with people right away they start their energy goes up their brain fog goes down their weight goes down they start seeing less symptoms of whatever they're dealing with um, when people start to shift into an organic food um, source and you know they try to eat as much as they can organic now i'll stress something it's not about being perfect here don't worry about being 100% perfect. Just make some momentum here, create some momentum. If you can stick to this 80% of the time, you're still gonna see some positive change. And again, a lot of the people who are eating foods with less chemicals on them, again, are noticing the same improvements over time. They're just feeling better. They're noticing less inflammation in their joints. They're getting fit faster. They're experiencing much better cognition and, uh, and achieving better potential with their, you know, with their work and their career and their, and their life.
Step three, be informed. Well, luckily we're in what's called the information generation. We're listening to podcasts such as this. We are uh, reading newsletters and, and, and uh, blog posts that are from vetted individuals and, uh, and researchers. So it's, it's right at our fingertips. We need to understand, you know, we need to work with trusted sources, obviously, because whatever we are looking for online, we'll find it. If you want to find that organic food causes cancer, you'll find an article somewhere that is not factual, but it's probably writing to that. Um, you know, that's obviously an exaggeration, but it's really, it's, you've got to work with, uh, you've got to put the filters on, you've got to find out some vetted sources out there, but there's so many great online resources and summits and podcasts that are available. With more awareness about the better foods to eat and the negative consequences of some of the foods on our body over other foods, it's tempting to look towards diets as a solve-all for our problems. Think about anything from keto to paleo. But Dr. Dempster doesn't think we should be thinking about one solution for all ailments or all people. I'm not a fan of extremism. And I think that, you know, we are being bombarded with the latest dietary trends every single day. And I think, you know, as I mentioned earlier, the information generation is really a powerful tool for us to harness right now. But I don't believe in the one-size-fits-all diets. And we are constantly being exposed to the latest and greatest, this is going to cure everybody diet out there, whether it's keto or paleo or veganism or what have you. Um, I think you do have to take into context each and every individual and understand, you know, that we have a unique biochemical makeup that we need to address. But when it comes to meat, Dr. Dempster advocates that understanding the food that went into the meat you eat is critical. One of my favorite saying, um, sayings that I came across is, it's not what you eat, it's what your food ate. And of course, you know, it's, it's the same when it comes to plants. It's, we've got to make sure that we're eating high quality plant and, and legumes and situations like that, not just all about animal products, but the animal products is where it begins. If you're eating animal products that are eating garbage, you're eating garbage. And we really have to understand that. With all the talk of food, the biggest impact it has is on our gut. Our immune system is tied so closely to our gut. And most of our microtransmitters are being produced in our gut. The way Dr. Dempster sees it, the gut is the gateway to our entire health and well-being. I truly believe that the gut, which constitutes you know, our small intestine, our large intestine, our stomach, etc., is really the gateway to our entire health and well-being. This has uh, you know, been brought forward by tremendous amounts of research that shows that 80% of our immune system is in our, in our gut. Approximately 72% of our neurotransmitters are produced in our gut. This is where a lot of inflammation begins. This is where we see a lot of absorption. And so if we are having a lot of issues, whether they're obvious or not, and believe me, there's a lot of people that don't have gas, bloating, constipation, or diarrhea that have a tremendous amount of gut imbalance when we start to measure this, whether that has to do with yeast or bacteria or parasites or something called leaky gut, intestinal permeability, and so forth. These are things that we start to measure in our patients and we start to understand a lot more about where those blind spots are and, and try to address them before they become a problem. And gut health can really be moderated through choosing the right foods because the food we eat has a big impact on our microbiome. The microbiome is a collection of all the microbes in your gut. What we put into our body with our food has a huge role on our microbiome. And this is a word that you might be familiar with, but your microbiome is literally a collection of all of the different microbes that are in your gut. And if you were to actually count them all up, they outnumber our human cells 10 to 1. Now, what blows me away is that if you were to count up all the human genetic material we have, 
the bacterial genetic material that's residing in your gut outnumbers our human genetic material 100 to 1. So that really can start to beg some interesting questions as we go because uh, you know what we do to influence our gut bacteria can influence our entire well-being. Um, and so it's really important that we, that we start to look at uh, the gut and pay attention to that as much as we can. So what's one other environmental factor that's really influencing our gut health? Stress. Yep, that's right. We're more stressed out than ever before, and our gut is reacting to that. But stress is something that is impacting us more now than we've seen probably in human history. And the irony there is that we've got more of this technology at our fingertips that's meant to create less stress in our lives. But what's happening is our body is still responding uh, to these as a stress stimuli. So what I mean by that is, you know, in the past, maybe, you know, call it 30, 40 years ago, we'd go home from work and we'd be done with work. But now we go home from work and we flip on our, our tablet or we flip on our laptop and whatever it may be, and we're working at home. And that means that we don't get that same amount of downtime. And there's a very interesting book that I read many years ago called Why Zebras Don't Get Ulcers. And the real tenet of this book is, you know, if, if a zebra is being chased by a lion or some predator, and that has been documented, that chase has, has been documented to be over in about two minutes. And you can imagine one of two things can happen. That zebra is either a meal, it becomes lunch, or it evades its predator and it continues to see another day. Now, what's interesting about zebras is that within about two minutes after they've evaded their predator, they shake it off, they go back and they start chewing on grass and relaxing. They're not thinking about what did that person mean by that? They're not thinking about traffic. They're not thinking about finances. They're not thinking about an argument they may have had. This is what we do very well as humans is we don't have that ability to completely shut off uh, without, and we can do it. It just takes a lot of practice and uh, mindfulness to do that. But by and large, we're being impacted by these things and we're not getting that time to repair. And reducing stress takes mindfulness and intent to stay in the present. It also takes more sleep. Too bad we're also getting less of that these days. And the whole other uh, side of that is, is that we're having less sleep than we used to. And sleep is when we were meant to detoxify and repair. And many of us take sleep for granted and uh, as a, almost as an expendable luxury. Well, it's not, and it's something we need. It's one of the, you know, the key pillars of optimal health. And so I truly believe that if we can start to get better sleep, we can manage stress better. And if we can start to be a bit more mindful about what we take home from work or what we're doing to you know, create stress in our life and, and how we can manage stress, I think we're also going to be a lot better. Before we conclude, Dr. Dempster has some parting advice. Don't be so hard on yourself. Just make progress. If gut health is impacted by stress and what we eat, improve what you eat and just breathe. I think the best advice I could give everyone right now is, number one, just make progress. It's not about being perfect. Please don't try to be perfect. You will drive more stress. Those stress levels will go up, as we discussed earlier. That's not a good thing. But just think of being better than you were the day before, the week before, the year before. And it doesn't matter by how much. As long as you're making progress, that's great. And when you're trying to create a new way of eating or, you know, again, any sort of program, just stick to it 80, 90% of the time, 10% of the time, do what you need to do to feel like you're living a balanced life. I, I do that. We embrace that in our household. And I really do think that it's not about not having fun in life, but it's about creating balance too. But doing that obviously responsibly so that it doesn't impact your health. Easy thing to do starting today 
and it's literally going to help you reduce stress by 40%. And it takes no time out of your day. It doesn't cost a penny, and you can take it with you anywhere. It's literally doing 10 consecutive deep breaths once an hour. And this has been documented by some research at Harvard. And so if you can start to bring that into your daily regime and remember to do it, the key is to remember, um, you're going to start to immediately receive some benefit from that. And so that's a very, very quick and easy thing to, to do no matter how busy you are. That's the end of our podcast today. So after this, you're going to take 10 consecutive deep breaths, right? We want to thank Dr. Dempster for taking time to meet with us here on the podcast on Pasture. To learn more about Dr. Dempster's practice, you can visit www.thedempsterclinic.com, but also make sure to follow his clinic on Facebook at The Dempster Clinic or at Dr. Dempster on Instagram to get day-to-day advice on healthier gut and a healthier life. Dr. Dempster imparted lots of advice, which at its core reminds us that our gut health is our overall health. Eat consciously, take care of what you put in your body, and get some rest. We'll see you in the next episode.